Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Hello. Oh, that was a bit creepy. (laughs) Cool. Is that the vibe you're going for this episode? You know that when you listen to someone talk you to sleep? Oh, uh, what's that called? AM, there's initials, isn't there, for that? AMT's the coffee place. (laughs) I don't think that still exists, does it? I don't know, but if they do, send us a free espresso. (laughs) Okay, we digress. Oh, God. We are not here to talk about coffee. That is not what this podcast is about. No. What is this podcast about, Brian? Great films from great times. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) You are the marketing man. Well, I don't like to show off, but we do have tens of listeners. Exactly. Well, yes, we are here to discuss a film chosen by me. Yep. Um, and hopefully we'll bring us closer together rather than pushing us further apart. Wow. That's the aim in life. Go on then. 22 long years, people. Yeah, I think it'd be quite difficult to push us together now. <laughs> i tell you something, if it goes well, we might even push the beds together. That, that is how fruity things can I'm get. I'm on a promise tonight. Okay, I've got three clues as to my choice this week. Can I have clue two, please? Okay. <laughs> um, this film... Is this clue two? This is clue one, isn't it? And you're just pretending it's clue two. Would I lie to you? Is it Would I Lie to You with Rob Brydon? No, it's Charles and Eddie. Would ah. No. Um, Go on then. Clue come two. Come on now. This film I have chosen is based on a French film from 1985. Ooh, I think it's that one. I think, I, I can't remember what it's called. You think you know? I do. Would you like a second clue? Yeah, if it's the one where they've got the golf club in his hand on the front cover of the DVD, then I know it. Okay. Clue two. This film has a private investigator, a cop and a bartender as the three big male stars. Sinead. That is a cracking, cracking clue. Is this a clue. murder mystery again? No, it's not. I'm, do, okay. you know, do you know how chuffed so I am on. with we've that got, clue? Just wait. We've got a bartender. Yeah. So there's three big male leads in this oh film. Oh, my God. One is I a know bartender. Is. One is a cop. I know what it is. It's do three you... men and a baby. I know what it is. Let me give you the third clue before you make your mind up. You don't want to be rushing into Magnum anything. Magnum P.I., Sam Malone. And what was the third one? A cop. No, we've done that. No, P.I. Oh. A bartender and a cop. Oh, goot. The goot. My Sorry, go on. My third clue. And the trainee cop, you should have said, actually. My third clue is um, it was directed by Spock. No, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You already know what it is. Three men in a bedwire. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, yes you it happy. is. We have to do this film. This film defined what? my... My childhood. I thought you were going to say parenting standards across the US. <laughs> Absolutely defined my childhood. I absolutely, I, I cannot express how much I adored this film. And you can phone my mother after we've done this this episode and you can ask her because she will back me up that I love this film. I'm seeing her later for a drink. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not invited. Okay, fine. Weird. Thanks, mum. No. Okay, cool. I mean, I know you love this film. I do I'm love well this film. I haven't seen it for so long. I feel like we just need to watch it together and yeah. bond. Okay. Bond. And then afterwards, we'll watch a whole series of My Two Dads. I'll be there. I've never seen you, it. You've, well, my shit, man. <laughs> what? 
Fine. No, I'm looking forward to this. Wasn't, like wasn't that a good clue, though? Maybe, wasn't yeah. that a good clue? That was a good. That was a good clue. Yeah. Honestly, on on that high note. Yeah. Let's go check out the Goot, the Dancing, and the Selic. Let's do it. Love it. Something happened, baby, in my life the minute I saw you. What are <laughs> you talking about? We've just watched Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby, <laughs> and a baby yeah. which has a excellent soundtrack. It does. That song features The Minute I Saw You by John Parr. Right. And you're asking me what? Did you not just hear that song? I mean, yeah, I heard it, but... Like, Isn't it a belter? I heard a slightly different version. Oh, here we go. This is your opinion that I sing everything in a slightly strange operatic manner. Well, it's a bit West End every time, <laughs> every time you sing a song. We've just watched an 80s film with your West End in it. It's called Passion and Emotion, Brian. Ooh. That's what I like to bring to the table. Well, well done. You bought lots. I came into this episode believing that I would have no reasons to dump you. I wasn't even going to bring a pen or a pencil to to the table today. Wow. And now... Now what? I'm grabbing the nearest pen I can. Go for it, sister. You could be busy. Okay. No, I'm joking. Did you enjoy Three Men and a Baby? I did. Yes, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, well, should we get on with the synopsis? Let's do that. I've gone for Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. New York City roommates Peter, Tom Selleck, Michael, Steve Guttenberg and Jack, Ted Danson are all successful and happily unmarried. But Peter and Michael get the surprise of a lifetime when a young woman abandons an infant in front of their loft. They also receive a letter stating that the child, named Mary, belongs to Jack, but he's away on business. Michael and Peter are then forced to care for Mary and though they make hopeless babysitters, they soon become quite attached to the girl. Okay, it's a little bit, um, what's the word? It's a little bit flat, that description, isn't it? I think it's a little bit flat. And it also misses out on the sort of comedy caper element of this film. Which, which is they, Jack tells them a package is going to arrive. Oh yeah, the heroine. They, they, think, it's the, they think it's the baby, but actually it's unbeknownst to Jack, heroin. And then there's comedy bad guys that need to get the heroin back. It misses out on all of that subplot. Can I ask, is there heroin in the original French version? Oh, I don't know. Mm, it felt like something they'd slung in to try and add a little bit of depth to the film. I, I mean, yeah. you could have made that film without the heroin part. I mean, it was really kind of pointless. No, it, it added danger. It added room for more comedy value. Okay. It Confusion, caper confusion. Caper confusion. Yeah, they thought that they thought the package was a baby. I mean, I mean what's more hilarious wow. than that? I don't know if it was in. I don't know. I don't know what the original um, French plot right, exactly okay. was. I. I mean, I think maybe it was. I would imagine. Shall we? Shall we try and um, pronounce the French title? Okay, Les Enfants de Bleu. Absolutely incorrect. Oh. Les it, Enfants de Blanc. No. Les Enfants de Rouge. <laughs> no. Toi, homme et les enfants. <laughs> enfant rouge, red child. What do you mean? Toi, homme et les enfants. Et l'enfant. Trois hommes et un coffin. And a coffin? Uh, crib, cradle. Ah. Cradle. Trois hommes uh, yeah. et un coffin. Yeah. Um, Such a sexy language. Directed by uh, Colleen Serrault. 
um, who apparently was originally set to direct this version. Okay. Um, before... They added the heroin part. <laughs> no, before she um, decided not to. Leonard Nimoy was asked not to, I'm not sure. Yeah, Nimoy <laughs> um, blackballed her, didn't he? And then old uh, Leonard Nimoy came in. Oh, and Leonard. To be fair, did a did a bang-up job, I think. Yeah, um, if you watch it, you wouldn't think Spock directed this. No. It's really good in that respect. Yeah, I think, yeah. He, I think he did a really brilliant job. I like the fact every time I say it's really good, you look at me like, oh, wow, he loved it. <laughs> every time. You're going to get brownie points for every time that you say something positive oh, about okay, this film. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Just remember that. Yeah, because you won't get yellowy points. <laughs> You get doo-doo points. Ah. Is that what they kept calling the poo? Doodle. Doodle. Done a doodle. Done a doodle. Um, Okay, so I'm going to tell you the elements of this film that make it a great movie, in my opinion. Go for it. I want that list. And my my opinion is a humble one. Oh, yeah. Very, very, (laughs) very, very objective. (laughs) And, you know, you didn't have a preconceived notion of the love of this film, but go on. Yeah. Well, I believe this is a great film. Number one, cracking stellar lead cast. You've got the Selick. Yeah. I mean, the chest hair on that man alone deserves some sort of award. Yeah, okay. Chest hair's never been a big thing for me, yeah. but this I mean, it on. makes an actor, doesn't it? No, you've got the Selick. You've yep. got Steve Guttenberg. Yeah. All, always good as a good all-rounder, rounding things out. By the way, of all things hair to pick on Selick, I did not expect you to pick chest. I mean, considering he's got that His big moustache. Old... Yeah. I know, but there was one scene particularly where... Anyway, all right. His, I don't want to know ch- about You saw his chest hair and I just thought, wow, that man is hairy. Oh, okay. I wondered what you were going to say then. <laughs> right, move on. Um, and you've got uh, Ted Danson. You do. Who, I'm sorry, like smashes out of the park playing this kind of Lothario that doesn't come across too sleazy, but kind of is quite sleazy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think I just think the three, the combination of those three huge stars of the day together, yeah. I think worked brilliantly. And I think the fact that Steve Guttenberg is okay. kind of the weakest of the three, okay, is a good thing because I think if they were all equally on a par, because let's face it, Danson and Selleck are on a sort of par, aren't they? Yeah. And then Guttenberg is, you know, a little bit sort of below. But I think that works. I think as the dynamic. Well, of he was the your eye candy, wasn't he, dear? He used to be back in the day. Oh, not anymore. No, I'm more of a Selick girl now. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> So, yeah. That's you just my... like that ball of hair thing. <laughs> it's the voice as well. Oh, He's is got it? such a great okay. voice. Um, so, yeah. Three leading actors. Amazing. I've already mentioned the soundtrack, but yeah. the, the music and the soundtrack to this film is brilliant. So, okay. you, you've got the song I've already serenaded you with. You've also, that was lovely. You've also got Daddy's Girl by Peter Cetera. Which seems like a weird name. Now I sound it out loud. Pete, etc. <laughs> Pete, Peter, Cet- no, it mustn't be pronounced like that. C E T E R A. Oh, Cetera. <laughs> Daddy's girl, and then you've got Miami Sound Machine with Bad Boy. Oh, Bad that's Boys, a great tune. Which opens Bad up Boys, the film. Bad Boys. Yeah, go on. Brilliant. Yeah. And as I said to you, very different type of. Uh, oh, we'll Bad be discussing Boy to music. the previous. Don't worry. So great soundtrack. Then you've got. A brilliantly laid out story that hits all the right notes. The setup happens really quickly. You know that these are three kind of bachelors, guys about town, clearly fish out of water when the baby arrives, don't have a clue what they're doing. 
hijinks, comedy, etc., etc. We'll then, be discussing in the start. Yeah. Then you've got the subplot of the criminals trying to get the heroin back. Brilliant. Who doesn't love that in an 80s movie? We'll be discussing that, yeah. Um, then you get towards the end when um, Sylvia turns back up to, to take Mary back. Yeah. They then have to do an airport dash. Obviously. Um, to try and stop her actually leaving the country because she's London bound yeah. on a BA flight. Uh, and the air- aircraft was called City of Belfast. I noticed that. Did you notice that? I did notice that. Um, I also noticed how, as always is the fact in America, apparently you can run all the way up to the gate without a passport or a ticket. Absolutely. But they did have to go through security. I know, right? I thought that was a nice Very touch. Very slap dash, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, you had the classic airport dash. Yeah. Then you had the all is lost moment because they get to the airport and the flight's pulled away and they've missed her. And Yeah. Sad, sad, sad. The false ending and then the delayed gratification of when they get back and she's waiting for them on the doorstep. Boom! Jesus tick, Christ. Tick, Hang tick, on a minute. Tick. Plus on. you get some great montages in this film. Okay, okay. Right, we're going to discuss that too. So... First things first, we have watched some amazing films for this podcast, including like Oscar winners like Roma. Correct. Never once have you discussed the actual structure of the story (laughs) and how it works. And yet you watch this rubbish from the 80s and suddenly it's like bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Secondly, um, I don't know what it is with you, but like great montages. Let me refer back to season one, Bloodsport. Oh, here we go. You hated a montage. So, start of this film, right? (laughs) Start of this film. No, no, I'm sorry, but you've you've started me off now. Start of this film. Okay, beginning of the film. They're having a party because it is um, Peter's birthday. Correct. But basically, the first 30 minutes of this film is two montages. No. You get a lot of fast-forward montages of the flat, of them working, of the party. Then you get a little shot of him going, and by the way, Steve Guttenberg needs a fucking slap for his character in this at the beginning. Why? I never realised how annoying it is. I'm walking around with my camera pretending to be a person on telly. Yeah. Oh, that was... I just wanted to rip him out of the telly. (laughs) He was such a weak, insipid twat of a character. Then he goes into a bedroom with a sexy girl who just cries because she hasn't got her ex-boyfriend and instead of saying well do you know what mate don't worry about it he's just sitting there trying to woo her with a hand puppet (laughs) what a twat that was johnny cool i don't care if it was bloody johnny hates jazz that's right there's an 80s reference for you just stop being a dick he was a dick I, i couldn't be doing with him at all and then when the baby arrived we get 15 minutes of baby crying noises very well, very well done, by the way, in the fact, Leonard, that it really did sum up how annoying a child is. <laughs> yeah. And he's just carrying it around like a dick. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Even I know you hug a child. Even I know that. And I don't have any paternal instinct at all. And even I know there's a difference between just holding it at arm's length, going, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And actually hugging the thing. Yes, it was exaggerated for comic effect, Brian. But oh, you and must his bedroom. Have... He had like a twelve-year-old bedroom. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. Granted, Grant, I'll go with you on that. Just because he's bedroom. a cartoonist doesn't mean he has to have a twelve-year-old bedroom. I'll agree with you on that. That was worrying. But are you honestly? And twenty-five minutes of watching him paint that fucking mural. It wasn't that good. Oh, I loved that opening no. credit sequence. Oh, that, I wanted I that mural music. when I was a kid. Yeah, we all did when we were kids. Now I'd look at it. If you walked into someone's flat, <laughs> if you started dating a guy, and he said, "Come back to my flat." Actually, once you're inside the flat, you would shag him. Yeah, exactly. That flat is. 
is. Mwah. Yeah, no, I did write that a couple of times. I need that flat. I'd get pregnant to live I, in that flat. I, yeah. I will sleep with each of these <laughs> yeah, men I would, to get happily. their room in this flat. Are you honestly telling me, in defence of the goot here, yeah. when he was trying to calm down the crying baby... Um, yeah. And yeah, the crying was getting quite annoying. When, Very. When annoying. he said, "Oh, I'm getting a headache. It's giving me a headache." That was funny. That was a funny line. Well, yeah, but like it didn't make up for twelve minutes. So listen, <laughs> if we just played that for twelve minutes, people would just turn off. That wasn't the only thing. Ha- anyway. And by the way, we got introduced to the biggest sexual predator of the lot in that opening sequence, Rebecca. What the hell was she? Well, I, I'd like to talk to you about Rebecca. because oh, why I'm... do you date him? Well, because he's a lovely guy and he's got a big whack and just <laughs> grabs his cock. Now, if a bloke went, oh, yeah, she's lovely. She's a really nice girl, but she's got a really tight whoop and whacked his hand between her legs. You'd be like, turn this off. It's disgusting. OK, granted, she should not have uh, inappropriately grabbed Steve Guttenberg's yeah. nether regions. And we're going to talk about the characters as well, because these three are detestable characters. OK, well, can we just pause on Rebecca for a moment then? Yeah, let's. So Rebecca is um, Peter's, Tom Selleck's on-off girlfriend. On-off girlfriend? He's girlfriend. They just... Yeah, they see other people, though, is my point. Very 80s, that. Open we're relationship. Not exclusive. Yeah. We're not exclusive. We're not uh, exclusive. Yeah, OK. I appreciated the fact that given the fact that they weren't exclusive, that she was actually going out and dating other people, doing her own thing, and she was a strong woman. Yeah. And when she got yeah. called on... Double by... standards. <laughs> We're going to start a new section next week called Double Standards. That's going to be the music. It is absolutely not double standards. Of course it is. The fact that then Peter calls her when the baby arrives because yeah. he basically wants a woman to look after yeah. it. And she and turns she... up with a boyfriend. Yeah. Slut. <laughs> absolutely not. He's... Bloody with other women in that opening credit sequence. There's all sorts going on. When? In the opening credit sequence, yeah. he's kissing somebody goodbye as she's getting in the lift. What, the, the runner girl? He was helping her. She was um, worn out. Uh, oh, yeah. She's yeah. pumping a bit of a breath into her lungs, yeah. poor thing. after they both had a, clearly had a shower together. No, no, she probably needed a shower because she was all sweaty. Mm-hmm. He was being nice. My point is... Team Rebecca here because oh, she was doing her own thing. She was like, "Don't just assume I know what to do with the baby just because I'm a woman." No, I like that. I like that. So I'm well I'm done, team, Leonard. I'm Team Rebecca. I was pleased with the representation of her, Oy. and also on a on a pleasing female representation note. Go on, Grandma. Oh yeah. So Jack's mother turns up. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you you remember her. Yeah. Um and yeah, ba- and basically she's like, "Cut the crap, Jack." I'm going to do the best thing that I could do for you. Absolutely nothing. You're going to deal with this all on your own. Okay. Excellent. Tell him to take responsibility. Good. Don't, you know, I didn't want just her turning up and being like, oh, yes, okay, I'll look after everything for you. So it was good. I was pleased. This film has dated well in terms of the women. Yeah. And that was the end of double standards <laughs> section. Double oh, standards. please, that is double not double standards. standards. That is just fact so what what were your problems with our main men here then so my character problems i had so basically first of all we had to establish that this was a very manly three three men in a living in a flat very manly like um you know it, it was like that sort of bachelor pad that he had i mean that flat was ridiculous the pool table with all the apparently film set lighting hanging above it yeah, yeah. Bothered to get a proper set of lights in um and you know lots of women everywhere and they're shagging all the time yeah there's no gay guys in this flat don't you even think we're gay guys don't think it yeah it's don't, a very straight film granted think it. 
even at the end when they're abusing the baby by taking it around in the park one at a time so they can score the women <laughs> taking numbers. It's like, do not think we're gay. We're not gay. <laughs> Nobody here is gay. So what? One's an actor, one's a cartoonist and one's an architect. And we're all dressed exceptionally well and live in a great apartment and have lots of money. They would, one of them, one of them, another, by rights. Um, just, just to interject, another uh, good point for the select here. Go on. Looks great in shorts. Man's got good legs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want to do the rest of this on your own? <laughs> Run. Why not? I never say stuff like this. No, It's my time to shine. So, yeah, so there's lots of women. Oh, they've clearly got a ton of money. Oh, yeah. A ton of money. There's lots of sex. They're like brothers. They're all like brothers. You know, like, yeah, we do anything for anyone. Even at one point, he says to Sam, why don't you do the the show in West End or Soho yeah. or wherever it is and, and give up that turkey shoot and I'll pay your rent. And yeah. like, oh, shut up. So first things first, Tom Selleck. Yes. You know my dad? Why is he walking around speaking to everyone like he's their dad? Well, he's kind of like the, the older, most responsible one of the three, isn't he, really? Because Steve Guttenberg clearly kind of like the youngest and sort of like the little brother. Oh, my God. He's just so bossy and so dad-like and so annoying. And at the end, where he sits and goes, I don't like this arrangement of her visiting. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you like. You're not the dad. I am. Why Why? Why does he get to have because, any say in it? Because Tom, he looked after the kid for two weeks. Because Tom Selleck is the heart of this movie. Tom. Did you? Did you? Wow. Did you okay. not think he's the heart of this movie? No, this Have isn't you just the word throb. Out <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't just about me having a crush on Tom Selleck. This he is the heart of the movie, right? It is three men and a baby, but ultimately, really, he ends up being the core emotional sort of strength of the whole thing, doesn't he? Because he's the one that that comes back to find the apartment has been ripped apart and he panics and has to run through and he finds Mary. He then falls asleep next to her to kind of keep her safe. He buys the little giraffe okay. thing right. at mean, the newsstand. Okay, Sinead, you've, you, you've defended <laughs> Solid, Tim, Tom Selleck well. So then you've got Gutenberg, right? Yes. Um, just an annoying character. Start with that annoying film clip bit. I hated him. <laughs> Then he goes into the bedroom and starts going, yeah, man, I'm cool, jazzy cat. And I'm thinking, oh, he's got a kid in that bedroom. What the hell's that? Then there's this sexy girl who looks like the girl from, like, the one who sat on the bike, back of the bike in Pulp Fiction. Zed's dead, baby. It looked a bit like her. Mm. And obviously not, yeah. because it was shot too early, but yeah. it had a bit of that look. Okay. And he wastes his entire time showing her cartoons <laughs> and trying to talk to her with a handheld puppet cat. I mean, I knew not to do that at 14. <laughs> Apparently he hasn't picked it up at 35. You are being harsh on this. No, no, but this had to be said. Come right? on, Mr. Danson then. What was wrong Ted with Danson, him? Ted Danson, legend. <laughs> Done. I knew you were going to say that. He's just a legend. <laughs> he was a legend. He is excellent. I, I, uh, that's it. But this is what Done. I mean. But this is what I mean about Ted Danson, right? He gets a hard rap, you know. He, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I don't think he actor. does. I don't think he does either because he comes in, he absolutely nails it. You one hundred percent believe he is this character. Yep. He manages to do this, as I've said, almost sleazy Lothario thing. Yeah. But but you kind of still like him, and you kind of feel like. He's not really that sleazy. It's weird. He has 100%. this ability to do this, which I think is really, really weird. And when he was trying to, you talk about that scene with his mother and he was trying to con her into looking after the kids yeah. and everything. And like, it was it was done really well. Mm. It's exactly how a, a bloke would play it mm. with their mum. You know, oh, she's so beautiful. She looks just like you. You know, all of these sort of comments, yeah. all the flannel and everything and the look on his face when she was like, I'm going to let you do it on your own. Yeah. 
it was kind of like he was petrified, but at the same time, okay, I can do that. I don't know. I thought he played it brilliantly. Yeah, and I, I thought he was a great character. And even the bit where he phones back from Turkey, mm. you know, and he's making the jokes while the police officer can hear the call and he's like, oh, you should see the stuff I've bought you. I might smuggle some back. And then he puts his hand on receiver and looks at the bloke who doesn't know him clearly and goes, that's a joke. Yeah. And it's like, it's just done really well. I completely agree. I do. I think there's a certain charm to Ted Danson totally, that, that yeah. kind of elevates everything he does. And yeah, he just comes across as very believable. And why does Tom Selleck, does he write into his contracts that he only drinks whiskey on in films? What is your problem with Tom Selleck? No, but like, oh God, <laughs> But like in Friends, all he ever drank was whiskey and had to be the mature one and drinks whiskey. And in this, all he ever drank was whiskey. Yeah, I did notice him drinking whiskey in this when... Um... Is that like because he's the mature, responsible one? Well, yeah, and certainly, can I certainly say... in Friends because he's like 15 years older than and, the rest of them. Yeah, well, that, yeah, a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> and can I say as well, that bloody hard hat he had made for the kid, that was clearly pressed out of plastic and that would have killed that kid. There was no... <laughs> his had the internal contraption that stops the bounds there's nothing <laughs> is that um, what you're worried about in this film start under her neck and and other characters here we go mrs hathaway loved her but why the fuck has she got a key to your flat because she's clearly the building concierge slash super concierge. well not concierge but she's clearly the building manager in some respect okay mrs yeah. hathaway's the building manager uh, that, that, of that was... huge expensive apartment block and she can just walk in because i know if well, I she was didn't just paying... walk in the door she was up no the door was open when no, she no, came no, in not the second time when she came up to say that the uh police horse had pooped on the front yeah, stoop that door was shut and she had the key in her hand and walked in with it mm. yeah debatable yeah and then who else oh and we've already covered rebecca <laughs> yeah yeah I think I'm done um, yeah that was the characters oh and Ted Danson by the way loving the Athena moment Ted oh what was holding the showering with the baby yeah I was like yeah that'd be on a poster in Athena <laughs> yeah straight that, away yeah that actually very much was that Loved that it. Athena poster wasn't it Loved um, it. talking about posters you know the um, publicity still for this which is on the front of the well it was on the front of the VHS cover with um so Tom Selleck's holding the baby and there's pee down the front of his shirt and Ted Danson's behind him and Gutenberg's on the other side. I didn't ever realise there was pee down the front of his shirt. Yeah, there's, okay. so the, the front of his shirt is wet. Apparently it was real pee because the baby peed on him when they were actually doing the photo shoot. Okay. Annie Leibovitz, very famous photographer, did the photo shoot and okay. the baby peed and she was like, great, great, let's keep going. So yeah, there's an interview with Ted Danson where he's like, yeah, that cool. was that was that was very authentic because the baby peed on me just, nice. just before that happened. And talking of that baby cutest i know there were two there was two twin twin girls yeah, but the cutest mm. baby ever mm. when like woke Adorable. up in the middle of the night and was looking up at him and it was just like i you know never usually have that particular like oh wow what yeah. about babies but that thing was beautiful yeah no she was she was absolutely yeah, absolutely beautiful kid. um this film totally smashed it at the box office Oh, okay. I thought you were just giving me again another. This film smashed it. Uh, no. Did you see Tom Selleck? No, I'm going to give you some figures, some stats, Go because it. it was the uh, biggest film of the year. On a budget of 11 million, yeah. worldwide, it made $240 million. Whoa. Okay, but I mean, with that lineup, it had to, right? Yeah. At the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got Magnum PI, you've got Sam Malone from Cheers, and you've got bloody. Can't remember his name. Mahoney, Mahoney from I mean, Police Academy. I don't think they expected it to do as well as it did, though. Oh no, you wouldn't have expected that. But I, I believe that the um, the script or the story idea, or you know, obviously it was as we said, it was an adaptation of the French film. It bounced around a few studios before Disney picked it up. 
Okay. And then, um, yeah, decided to release it under Touchstone Pictures, which is, yeah, an arm of Disney. I don't think they expected it to do as well as it did. No, I wouldn't have thought so either. However, however, the music on its own will make it popular. Well, good. I'm glad we at least agree on that. Oh, the music was brilliant. I mean, you open with this... Yeah, bad boy or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, bad boys. Synthy kind of eighties vibe. Mm. Very positive music. You know my feelings about this era and its positivity. I do. I do You're indeed. Well aware of it. But it's very positive. It's very fast paced. It represents the life. It represents New York. It represents the creativity. The fact that you already know that these guys are a little bit of a Royster Doisters. <laughs> Royster Doisters. Because you know it's bad boys, mm. bad boys, and like it's huge apartment, and then. You just get all this really cool kind of synthy 80s music all the way through it. And then at the end, when there's the race to the airport, and the one thing I noticed, and I very rarely sort of make more than one note about the music. I just usually say whether I like it or not. Yeah. But as a race into the uh, airport, all of a sudden this synthy music, they were throwing in these classical string swells. Yes, yes. That swell up and instantly make you want to cry. Yeah, it was really emotional, yeah, wasn't it? Just the nature of the music makes you want to do that because it's just like this... Got right builds up from your stomach, yeah. and you're like, "Well, what the fuck am I getting emotional yeah, for?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, good acting from Mr. Danson. <laughs> That's right. I think Kate. we found Brian's favourite. Oh, adore the man, adore the man. Like him in that thing we watched recently as well. That thing we watched recently, the, the good, good place. the good place. Brian Brilliant. is that thing we watched recently. Okay. Yeah, well, so what? He knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, so I thought the music was spot on, and I thought that really, really elevated the whole. Because when you had these annoying montages, and you've got to be honest, some of these fast-forward montages went on too long. No, I don't agree, actually. I don't agree. I'm sorry. By the way, you can't see this. She's literally raised a cl- fist, <laughs> no, no, fist I was... up next to her face as she said that. No, I did not. I was scratching my cheek. Oh, is that right? Yes. I was pushing up my glasses. I did not give you the bird. <laughs> so, Sinead, I think to prevent any more arguments, I think after this last little talk about Touchdown, I think... I feel a little bit of something coming up called Nerd Alert. Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? Thank you, Brian. I've got some facts and some trivia for you now about this film. It was a winner at the People's Choice Awards in 1988 for favourite comedy motion pick, beating out, can you believe it, Planes, Trains and Automobiles and Throw Mama from the Train. It was also nominated for it was also nominated for Best Family Motion Picture Comedy at the Young Artist Award in 1989. Um, but it didn't win. It lost to Batteries Not Included. Also nominated were Big, Overboard and Heartbreak Hotel. Excellent tagline for this film. This one's got to go out there. They changed her diapers. She changed their lives. Love that. Little bit of cheese. Alternate casting for this film. So Michael, who was played by Steve Guttenberg, we could have had Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, John Travolta. Peter, who was played by Tom Selleck, we could have had Bill Murray or Steve Martin. Jack, who was played by Brian's favourite, Ted Danson. We could have had Michael J. Fox. I'm really not convinced by that one, even though I love uh, a little bit of Michael J. Um, Or Gary Oldman. Hmm, bizarre. There is a remake of this film currently being um, touted around by Disney, and they are saying that Zac Efron will be 
in the film. I'm not sure which character and they're not telling us who else, but keep our eyes open for that. We might see a remake. Um, And Pampers apparently paid 50 grand to be featured in this film. And with that knowledge, oh boy, were they featured in this film. Wow, that is a lot of information. And I agree. By the way, love the fact you managed to bring Back to the Future into this one as well. Thank you very much. I thought you'd like very that. Very good, very good. Well, However, I think some of those previous casting choices were disgusting. Well, and also... Especially Bill Murray. Yeah, you're never quite sure how true they are. But apparently the Michael J. Fox rumour um, as Jack came from Steve Guttenberg's um, autobiography. So he actually said, oh, wow. oh. Okay. so so that kind of makes you feel like that that was true. But I can't see Michael J. Fox as that character. I mean, him, yeah. him and Ted Danson are very different. But then it's like anything in it. It's like um, Indiana Jones. Mm. I can't imagine Magnum being Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's true. That's I can't true. imagine it. However. Yeah, if it had happened, then I if suppose. If it had happened, I'd probably be turning around going, oh, did you know they also had Harrison Ford? And I'd be going, I can't imagine Magnum yeah. P.I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he probably would have ended up playing that. I don't know. But anyway... That's, yeah. that's a parallel universe in which we do not live. I wish we did. There you go. So, um, yeah, that was fantastic facts. I really enjoyed those. Well, thank you very, yeah. thank you very much. I'm glad. I'm right. here, I am here to please, if nothing else. So let me talk about a couple of little scenes in the film that I really liked, and not just the Athena moment. Like that a little bit too much, Ted. Uh, yeah, 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 I think you did. You so, so hang on. You're trying to deflect from your own crush here. By banging on about me and Selleck. Oh, it's you and dancing, isn't don't it? Don't you bring my Ted in. I mean, Ted into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How rude. No, so a couple of the scenes I thought were really, really good and really strong. And they really summed up, I think, for me, being a person that isn't a parent, how parents feel. Okay. So the first one was when the flat was ransacked. You mentioned it earlier. Yes. So... I can't keep calling him Tom Sandler. Peter? 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 <laughs> Peter. Peter walks into the flat and uh, Mrs. Hathaway is tied up on the floor and the place has been trashed by mm. these drug dealers mm. who do, don't make another appearance after that. Very weird. Anyway, trashed. Yeah, they Absolutely. do. Not in the flat. Oh, not in the flat. No, Why sorry. Why they just turn up another day? But anyway. Well, because they've ransacked it and they didn't find it. So clearly they need to carry on, Brian. Absolutely <laughs> trashed. And she's tied up on the floor with sort of some sort of um, tape, right? Yeah, whatever. Something around her face. Anyway, stop her talking. What do you call that? A gag. Yeah, some yeah. sort of gag. Yeah, but not in a joke. No. What do they call that? Is yeah. it a gag? I don't know. Yeah. If you, anyway, yeah, I'm going to get very frustrated with myself. If now. if you're restricting someone speaking with something tied around their mouth, it's a gag. Okay. Cool. So he comes in, he pulls it down, and he goes, "Where's the baby?" Yes. And he runs through now. I think this scene's really good because they've been built as really materialistic, yeah. self-centered men. Yeah, you know, uh, like all men. I'm sorry, I had to say that. I don't really believe it, but I had to say it. Double stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been portrayed as this, and the first thing he does is goes, "Where's Mary?" And Where's all Mary? he cares about is the baby, and he's running from room to room. Mm. I mean, and these rooms have been destroyed. His yeah. precious room full of videotapes. Oh, of all these they've pulled out all the, all the tape. Yeah, they've absolutely hammered it. He doesn't once mention the condition of the place. He just all out full tilt Mm. for the kid. Mm. And even when Gutenberg turns up, all they care about is the note saying, next time we'll take the baby. Yeah. I thought that was really clever. I thought that really summed up, no matter how sort of selfish you might be, once you have a kid, you can't... That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all you care about. And then the theatre 
scene later on I thought was brilliant. So this is when um, they take two dates out to the theatre. Yeah. So yeah, Peter and Michael go to the theatre and Jack's at home with the baby. Yeah, and they go out and they're at the theatre and they know that Jack's home and then they phone just to check. Yeah. I don't know what something... Well, I Did think we leave formula out. Or I think something? I, I think the remember. women put the idea in their head that like, oh my god, you've left Jack alone with the baby, right. and he's yeah. not going to be able to cope. Yeah. So they kind of freak out. Yeah. So they sort of pick up the phone and call, and because it's not answered, even though we know that Ted's in the shower. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian paused the film at this moment. Yeah. Um, even though we know Ted's in the shower, it's like they get really stressed, even yeah. though they know he's there. They can't go into the theatre, they can't think about anything else, so they have to go home and check on the kid. Yeah. And I've been out with parents before, and I've thought, God, what's the big bloody deal? Can't mm. you just go out mm. for the night and relax mm. and enjoy yourselves, you know? Yeah. This actually gave me, for the first time ever, an insight into how it must feel. Like, it doesn't matter that someone's looking after your kid. This is your kid. Yeah, you can't switch that off. Yeah, it's never going to be switched off. Like, you sort of, when they're holding him up, or holding her up, it's like, this little thing potentially will die if yeah. you don't look after it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's huge responsibility, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, thought, I just thought they were, they were two really clever scenes to kind of show that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. From a male perspective as well. I completely agree with you. See the levels on which this film is working. It's not, it's not just fun, 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 you know. There's heart and soul here as well. Oh, yeah, you can tell all the way through. Um, I've got to give a shout out for Edna. Who's Edna? Edna is um, in the supermarket when... Peter runs off to go and get diapers and baby formula. She's oh, the sales yeah. assistant. Yeah, she's awesome. And she's standing with a pricing gun, pricing up stuff in the baby aisle. And yeah. she has this little kind of, I don't know, minute, two minute scene with Tom Selleck where he's basically doesn't have a clue what he's buying. And he's like, yeah, yeah. well, which formula do I get? Which one's the best one? Well, that one's the best one. Oh, oh, so so this is what I should buy. Well, no, it's only, it sells the most. It's the cheapest. Yeah, that yeah. was it. It's the cheapest. Um, and <laughs> I just love... When he's cluelessly picking everything up and he's like, well, should I buy this one? And she said, well, this one's for, you know, babies over one year or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and she's like, how old's your baby? And he can't answer her. And she's just like, you don't know how old your baby is. And he's like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, she's this this, old and he holds his hands above. Yeah, to sort of like, she's this old as in she's this big. I just love this I realised that visual gag died on its (laughs) ass on the podcast. I knew they they knew what you meant, yeah, Brian. They knew. they knew what you meant. I just loved it. I thought it was just this lovely little kind of and really well, quick scene that was just well sparred between them. Yeah, and really well written as well mm. because you know yourself, right? You go into somewhere supermarket, you just want to pick something up quickly. You ask a question and you get questions back, and it's like, <laughs> no, I just need to do this quickly. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Like any other time, they'd be like over there, but you can guarantee if you needed to do that. But you know, hey, it was good. I like it. Does this mean we are getting close to our VHS schools? I think we are. I think we are, Sinead, because, you know, I think it's important we do that. I think it's important we do that. I do too. Uh, I'm pausing. I'm sort of holding you back because I'm not sure where I'm going to fall on it. I know. I feel like you've not actually made your final number decision in your head I know, yet. No, I think I have. Well, I'm floating between two, so I might even go on the high side mm-hmm. because the joy mm-hmm. in your face watching this... Because for me, this is a film of two halves. Go on. The beginning, I found the characters annoying. I find the setup annoying. I found the baby crying annoying. It was kind of getting under my skin. However, you need to do that to show those characters, to show the change the babies had on them. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, the ending wouldn't have any kind of oomph or any power. So maybe, hmm. 
Mm. Well, while mm. you're pondering that, I just want to yeah. point out um, one thing I thought at the very, very climax of the film. Okay. So when Sylvia's come back for the baby and they've said, come and live with us and they're all going to be oh, a yeah, happy family together. Oh, yeah, we kind of skipped over that a bit, didn't we? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so ultimately she comes back and says, you know, I can't cope on my own. Again, yeah. I thought an excellent performance from Nancy Travis there. Yeah. Who, up until today, from when I first saw this film, I thought was English. Right. She's not English. Okay. She's from New York. Oh, wow. Okay. And genuinely, I always thought that actress was English. Yeah. Because her English accent in this is absolutely, for me anyway. Yeah, it's quite good. Com- yeah. Quite good. completely spot on. Well, I just assumed it wasn't sort of, to me, it didn't sound quite spot on. It sounded a little bit affected. But I thought that's because whenever I see English actors around American. It sounds weird. It sounds weird. Yeah. Like even on that The Good Place. Yeah. The English actress is like, you're putting that on a little bit, yeah, but like... Yeah, the poshness a little really, bit, but yeah, exactly. I think English yeah. English accents next to American accents do sound a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely thought Nancy Travis was um, was English, but well, she's well not. Well done, Nancy. Um, Two also- thumbs up from the Reasons crew. <laughs> Call us anytime. Yeah. Go for coffee. Um, she was also in Becca with Ted Danson. Okay. Um, if you remember that sitcom where he played like a really cranky doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But you will. I I'll, 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 I'll show you a clip of it later and you'll remember. But okay. I thought that was quite sweet that they worked together again. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was quite nice. Um, anyway, she comes back and admits, you know, I can't cope on my own. I need help. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I thought, which I thought was really well done. And I really enjoyed her performance. Um, and they say, move in with us and we'll all be a happy family together. Takes a village. And the final sort of image of this scene is them coming out of the apartment with the pram and they've got an extendable handle on it, so yeah. all four of them can hold on. Yeah. And they all grin, and they all walk towards the camera, basically towards the lift to yeah. go down out of their apartment block because they're at the top. Yeah. They ain't getting in that lift with that pram handle like that. Yeah, well, you actually said they ain't going to get on no bus with that pram handle. Did and I? I turned around in a cynical way and went, well, I'll bet they'd still try. <laughs> so that's the joy we have. God, we're miserable people. Oh, yeah, we are. I thought I was just full of joy and sweetness and light. Yeah, so did I, but... Okay. that film turned us. Well, can I ask you then for your final VHS score for this film to see if I remain sweet and happy? I'm actually going to give a score 0.5 higher than I think the film is worth. Because if you'd have sat this end, lovely listeners, and seen the joy on Sinead's face at every joke, every gag, every montage, everything... Just the joy pouring out of a person watching a film they loved, you would have to go up with it. So I'm going to give 3.5 yes! video cassettes on this. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. I appreciate that. It's um, still a good film. It well deserved a three anyway, but yeah. eh, you tipped it up to 3.5. Good, I'm glad, because I think you'd be hard pushed to say that you could watch this film without feeling joy, without a smile on your face and... Just It just gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. Agreed. And sometimes we need that in life. We do. There's only so many true crime documentaries and podcasts I can listen to before I need this to counterbalance it. Yeah, I think it's probably best. You are doing quite a lot of Menendez and stuff like that at the moment. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I need in this. Fact, in fact, while we've still got it rented, maybe watch it a couple more times. Shall I tell you now that I actually had to buy it because it wasn't an option to rent it on Amazon? Oh, well, all right. Watch it as often <laughs> as you like. It cheers you up. <laughs> So, come on, Sinead, your score, please. My VHS score for this film. Go on. I'm sure you won't be surprised to hear. It's a big, fat four VHS tapes. Four, not 4.5. No, I'm going to go four. Okay. I think that's fair. What lost the point for you? Um, Do you think? I mean, if you haven't got the answer, it doesn't matter. It's just a gut feeling. It's ju- yeah, it's just a gut feeling. I mean, I can appreciate that it's not, you know. Was it the cat? 
beyond the the cat. There's a Gutenberg in that fucking cat. Listen, let's get let's let's cut straight to this. I'm right? Jazz, the cat. I'm sure you could have picked a better thing than that. Johnny Cool was his name. Oh, he oh, had oh. a beret and sunglasses. Yeah, because everything says cool like a beret. Look. Let's get on to reasons to dump you. Uh, apparently we need to. Because if you slag the goot anymore, I'm I'm just, I'm going to get angry. I didn't think you cared for the goot anymore. So, <clears throat> four reasons to dump you. Four? And you're getting off lightly. You said you not got any when we started. You when, didn't even bring a pen. Exactly. And that's how hopeful I was until you crushed it. Crushed four, you. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, didn't you think that Ted Danson at one point looked very Dracula-esque in the outfit they put him in? He had yeah. on kind of like this red velvety and his hair was slick. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, bizarre. Part, yeah. Um, Go for it. So, number one, yeah. whenever I sing a song, apparently I do the West End version of it. It's true. People who know us, when we next meet you, ask Sinead to sing you a song, a pop song, and hear the West End version. It's lovely nonsense <laughs> um you called gutenberg's character a twat yeah well he deserved it and said that you didn't like him i didn't and i still don't um, sorry Goop. you felt that the montages were too long too long and too fast forwardy i'm sorry just because we've learned how to use the fast forward in the 80s let's not overuse it thank you well, i'm sorry. sorry leonard but you failed i'm sorry seeing as we had to sit through about 28 montages in blood sport oh, i think are. you can handle the few that are in this oh film oh my god you know here it comes again double standards double standards i haven't worked out the theme tune for that section yet but there you go um, and my fourth reason to dump you. Go on. Well, I've written down the word rubbish, and now I can't remember what it was you said that had annoyed me. That I didn't like all the rubbish? <laughs> I, don't, I honestly can't remember now, so you might get away with just three. Yes, three. You probably wrote the fourth. I know what that is. What is I it? I know what that is. Go on, be honest then. It's because you say that it's rubbish that you've got three. You don't like it, so you probably want to reduce it to two. No, Brian, that's not what it was. I thought you were genuinely oh, no, I remembered. Don't have a clue. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Sinead. Well, thank you very much. Thank I've you for watching ver- Three Men and a Baby. It. I very enjoyed it. Trois hommes et un coffin. Trois hommes et un coffin. Coffin for a baby. Coffin. Cr- cradle. Yeah, but. I didn't invent the French language. C O U double F I N. Oh, coffin. Coffin. Très Cuffin. Oh God, he's gone French again. Oh. I forget you like to go a bit French now oh, and again. No wonder the cool um, character. Maybe that was written in by the French. If you're going to adapt in uh, English, you have to have the cool character have a beret. Johnny Cool. Jazzy the Cat. Or it's <laughs> Johnny Cat. Didn't like it. Still don't. And he was sleeping in a big bed that a kid would have loved in the eighties. Bit weird. Anyway, thank you very much, Nick. Thank you very much, Brian. And thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do tell your friends. Please do subscribe and please do rate us wherever you are listening to your podcast on. And if you don't like this podcast, please don't tell your friends. Please don't rate us. And um, please don't share it on social media. Yeah, maybe just forget we exist. Just get on with your lives. We don't need the negativity, people. It's all good. We're just here for all the positive stuff. Yeah, man. You can also follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. Or down the street when you see us. (laughs) Come on, let me go sing you to sleep with a lullaby. Ah, good night, <laughs> sweetheart. Where's time to go? Do, 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 do. I'm so-